Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> and really, I, I love this new series because in this series, as we approach the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, we're going to talk about the power of gratitude. You know, the longer I walk with the Lord and the more I study His Word, the more I am convinced of just how powerful and life-giving gratitude is when it's exercised in our life. It is a powerful force for good. And so in this series, I want to talk about the power of gratitude, but also I want you to understand that our gratitude and our happiness are connected. And so today... I want to start this series off with a message that I've simply entitled, I forgot the title. (laughs) I want to get it just right. How Happiness Happens. I knew I had happy in it. I got so happy about delivering this message, I forgot my title. Listen, How Happiness Happens. So go with me, if you will, today to the book of Psalms, Psalm 89, starting with verse 15. It says, Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence. I believe that God is calling us as his children to happiness. He wants us to be happy. I mean, no... People don't want to be a part of us if we're a bunch of sad folk. Come on. God's really telling us, the psalmist is saying, that there ought to be a level of happiness in our life because we know the Lord. I think we could all agree that walking or living in the light of God's presence would bring about happiness. I think we could all agree that outside of a relationship with God, you will never experience true happiness comes from God. Now, this word here that's translated happy is also a word that's translated blessed in the Hebrews, and it simply means happiness, blessed. Now, God is calling us into happiness. The kind that stems from a relationship with him. But we're kind of responsible for our level of happiness. And so I want to talk today about how happiness happens. The the truth is, when you go out and you look for the definition of happiness... There are so many definitions out there. So many people define happiness differently. I want to use this definition of happy. It's kind of a general definition that I thought would work well for our series. And here's the definition of happiness. It's being satisfied with life. Feelings of contentment, enjoyment, and pleasure a positive emotion. Let's talk about happiness and the Christ follower for just a moment. I realize that some people may say, Pastor Jane, as followers of Christ, should we really be concerned about being happy? Isn't it deeper than that? I mean, shouldn't we be more concerned with joy and 
peace, and certainly those spiritual forces of joy and peace are are deep and they run deep in our lives and they hold us steady. But, But here's the truth, folks. Regardless of how you define happiness, regardless of how spiritual you think you are, all of us want to be happy. I never met a person who, who I, I asked, you want to be happy? No, you, you know what? They want a happy life. They, they want to have a happy marriage. They want their kids to experience happiness in life. And while, yes, happiness may not be a fruit of the Spirit, happiness is a part of what God has called us to. It's a part of this life down here. And the truth is, we all battle unhappiness. And if we are unhappiness, if we can't even get the shallow things right, how are we going to experience the deeper things? And so let's talk about happiness this morning. The truth is people crave happiness. It doesn't matter what background they're from, what country they're from, where they are in life. But here's the truth. While people crave happiness, most are not happy. The title of this message, How Happiness Happens, I I really borrowed it from a book that was recently written by the author and pastor Max Licato. The title of his book is How Happiness Happens. And in his book, here's some stats that he gives us. Here's the first one. In the nine-year history of the Harris Paul Survey of American Happiness, the highest index was 35%. This means a cloud of perpetual grayness overshadows two out of three people. Hmm. That, that means if you take the people sitting here, if you go somewhere to lunch after service today, or you're out shopping, just know that one, only one out of three people you meet say they're happy or that they're experiencing happiness. The other two are unhappy. That's a lot of unhappy people. And I certainly don't believe that just the the, the one is all Christians and the two no Christians in that group. We got to deal with happiness. We got to deal with our happiness. Listen to what else Max Licato says. This was kind of amazing to me. He says, a recent study by psychologists showed that Illinois lottery winners were no happier than accident victims who were consequently disabled. Now, I know some people would say, Pastor Jane, try me. (laughs) Let, Let me win the lottery and see just how happy I am. You may be happy for a moment, but it'll be very temporary. Come on. I believe God wants his kids to be happy and enjoy a level of happiness in our lives. We battle unhappiness all the time. The Bible teaches us how happiness 
happens. And today, I, I want to just connect the dots to you because we're in this series, Happy Thanksgiving. And I want to make sure you understand there is a connection between your happiness and your gratitude. And so let's look at what the Bible has to say about that. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to re- start reading in verse 16. And here's what it says. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I can't tell you how many times in my ministry, and this is kind of a, high up there as far as how many times people have asked me this or how important it's been to people and that is what is God's will what does God want well here he tells us what he wants now I know usually when people are asking me that question they're looking for specific direction for their own life but I always say if you start doing what God has already told you that he wants then he'll show you the other things he wants. And here's what is God's will for every follower of Christ. If we want to know God's will, it is for us to be grateful in every circumstance. Give me something else, Pastor Jane. No. (laughs) Come on. In other words, there should never be a time or a situation where we as followers of Christ aren't exhibiting in some form an attitude of gratitude. But what happens is too often we let the circumstance steal our gratitude. Listen to the contemporary English version, just verse 18, 1 Thessalonians 5:18. I love how the contemporary English version puts it. Whatever happens. Keep thanking God because of Jesus Christ. This is what God wants you to do. As followers of Christ, we are to give thanks no matter what. Now, why is the Bible teaching us to give thanks no matter what? Because giving thanks is how happiness happens. That's why he told us that. Because just like the circumstance can steal your happy moment, if you will give thanks, you will overcome the unhappiness of the situation and you'll regain your level of happiness. Wow. We will be happier in any given circumstances, any given circumstance, when we are grateful. I'm not telling you that every circumstance is going to be good. It won't be in this world. But in any given circumstance, if you are grateful, not for the circumstance, and we'll talk about that for a moment, but if you maintain an attitude of gratitude, you'll be happier. Happiness happens when we choose Gratitude. So happiness is really, the Bible teaches us a choice. It's a choice we make. And we make that choice when we choose to be grateful. Now, let, let me talk for a minute about the happiness trap. 
You, you see, there is a trap when it comes to happiness. So part of that trap is that people are searching in all the wrong places for happiness. And a part of that trap, and maybe we could even call it the trap of unhappiness, is that happiness is linked. Now, now you got to get this, okay? Happiness, your level of happiness is linked to your circumstances in this world. It is. I, I could make you unhappy right now. The enemy could steal a bit of your happiness by just changing a few things in your circumstance. Think about the word, think about the word happiness and its root. Uh, the word happy or happiness comes from the Greek word hap. I did a little etymology there. It's from the root word hap meaning favorable circumstances. Uh, it's okay to be happy when your football team wins. It's okay to be happy. There's a level of happiness when they, your, your kid came home and they, they're on the honor roll. Come on, favorable circumstances. Also, it, it has roots in luck and good fortune. And it's all about circumstances producing a good feeling. You have to remember that if happiness can make you feel good, a lack of favorable circums, circumstances can also make you unhappy. Listen, so many people are not happy because of what is happening. Okay, they're unhappy. Too many people rely only on their circumstances for their happiness. Listen, you got to get this. God created us as three-part beings. You are a spirit being that spirit part of you is like your heart, your inner man that's going to live forever. But not only are you a spirit being, but you are a soul or you have a soul. You have a mind, a will, and an emotions. And your spirit and your soul are both eternal. Then we have this flesh, the Bible calls it, this earth suit that we live in. And it's not going to live forever. But we will, our spirit and our soul. And you cannot, even as a believer, you cannot separate yourself from your emotions. God doesn't want us to be unemotional. And so you got to learn what affects your soul. God, take good care of your soul. Some of you are not doing a good job. That's a part of you. You can't divorce yourself from your mind, your will, your emotions. It's a part of you. Yeah, you know, we could get all spiritual and say, well, my spirit's the most important part of me. It is. But you also have a soul. Our souls are affected by our circumstances. We all have emotions we need to manage. As Christians, we can't act like that we're not affected by what happens. Th that's kind of how we get this reputation for being so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Or people say, well, are you upset about that? What? Oh, I'm good in Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that that may not be a good response 
at the right time. But the truth is, I could say, you know what? That really bothered me. I was really disappointed by that. And I I had to spend some time praying about it. That, But let me tell you what I'm grateful for. I'm not happy about that. But let me tell you something that makes me really happy. And see, and I think sometimes people who don't know Jesus and who don't understand spiritual things, sometimes we just seem really odd. Now, there's a level of oddness that we're just going to have to live with. Because they're not going to understand everything we do. But when we can communicate in such a way that's real, relevant, transparent. Could could we be a little bit more transparent about, wow, COVID-19 affected all of us? Oh, you know, know, I heard some people, I I heard, I got to watch out because I don't want to have an attitude. (laughs) I I heard one person say, a, a person, you know, a minister And, you know, he goes, oh, people saying this has been a bad year. No, it's not. Grace makes everything a great year. I thought, why do you think we need the grace? Because it was such a bad year. And I think sometimes, folks, we just need to admit I'm unhappy about that. That makes me, I'm affected by my circumstance. But don't stop there. But take care of your soul. Your soul is going to be affected by what happens. But let me just say this. Thanksgiving is good for the soul. Then take care of your soul. If it got disappointed, if, if you got sad. Listen, here's the truth in this world. The happy thing doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always happen. Giving thanks helps us overcome the negative effect of our current situation. Rather than letting your soul, come on, anybody with me, that your mind, your will, your emotions are just weighed down with what's going on. We're in this world. We're not of this world, but we are in this world. Training. It's kind of like you go outside, and just because you're a believer doesn't mean you're not going to get wet. But you put up an umbrella. Folks, we have to take care of our soul. Unhappy things happen. We've got to realize, listen, gratitude refreshes our soul and allows us to be happy in every circumstance. I'm not talking about hilarity. I'm not talking about being silly or ridiculous. That Oh, I'm just happy. No, I, I'm talking about that our soul is experiencing something good, even though it's been affected. Can I say this? Tumultuous times calls for radical gratitude, thanksgiving. Listen, the more trouble the circumstances are producing, the more radical you need to be with your gratitude. Listen, I I can't tell you, in my life, just be a little bit transparent here, I have one of my biggest struggles, let me back up and say it this way, one of my biggest struggles has been discontentment. I just want to get unhappy. 
about things, not satisfied. One of the things, one of the definitions we read about happiness was living in contentment. Sometimes I'm not happy because I have these goals and I want to reach this and we're not there yet so I can be discontent. And I remember one time Jeff saying to me, why are you so unhappy about this particular thing? And I had to learn in my walk with Jesus I had to learn how to handle and manage my emotions so I didn't live in this place of discontent and really just be an unhappy Christian. And I had to learn the power of being grateful. And I remember telling the Lord, Lord, if you'll help me with this, I I know I'm not, you know, your best kid. Maybe I can't be the best one in obeying this or the best one at preaching or the best one, you know, in other areas. But you know what? I can be your most grateful kid. And I remember there are some times to overcome that negative effect that what had happened and what wasn't happening and the circumstance to overcome that discontentment. I had to be radically grateful. I remember walking in my neighborhood in the morning on a prayer walk and just say, Lord, just one thank you. I have 10 toes. Because at that time, my cousin was in a surgery and they were removing some of his toes because of diabetes and he was going to have to learn how to walk again so I said Lord I just want to thank you thank you for all ten of my toes Lord thank you for this beautiful neighborhood thank you that I have a sidewalk to walk on this come on radical gratitude thanking God that you're forgiven because we need to take care of our souls God wants our souls to be refreshed and strong because they affect our lives now listen It's hard to be unhappy when we begin to give thanks for all we have and for all that God has brought us through. Listen, God brought us through COVID, folks. Was there some loss along the way? Yeah. Not happy about the loss. You know what? Today, all of us could say that we're grateful that we're here, that we're alive. We're, we're grateful for the decline in cases. We're grateful for, I, I know I had a family member, a young, my cousin's son, only 37 years old, taken by COVID from his family, a wife and a son. But I'm so glad today that he's in heaven. And, and he wouldn't come back now. Well, we're not happy about the way he went, the timing. But right now, I am so grateful that he's in heaven. I am so grateful for the grace of God on his wife and on his son. I'm so glad that God knew that that would happen. And he's already prepared for this family's future and is ministering. Come on. Let me take you to a scripture talking about the power of gratitude and giving thanks. Acts 20, 35, familiar passage. This is Paul writing, and he quotes Jesus here, and he says, By everything I did, I showed you how you should work to help everyone who is weak. Remember that our Lord Jesus said, More blessings come from giving than receiving. Say, Pastor Jane, how does that have to do with thanksgiving? Because you have to be a giver in tough times to give thanks. 
You have to be a giver. And Jesus teaches here that people who give intentionally are blessed. Here's that word blessed. It's a word that literally means supremely blessed, fortunate, well-off, happier. That's what you got to believe. Can we believe Jesus this morning? Jesus said, those who will give thanks in any situation are happier than those who won't. It's true. Give. Now, advertisers, they tell us we need to get. If you just get my project or if you just get my product, you're going to be happier. You need that new phone to be happy. Now, you need my product. You need whatever I'm selling. The truth is, can I tell you who's going to be happy when you buy that? They are. Come on. And I'm not saying that there might be some temporary and, and some good. There's nothing wrong with being happy when you get something new. I, I'm, you like my new boots? I'm happy about these boots. They make me tall. There's nothing wrong with, you know, being a little happy, lifting your soul up sometime. But come on, let's understand this truth. We can't just think our thanks, but we must give thanks. It is an act of giving when you recognize what someone has done for you. When you recognize most of all, first and foremost, what God has done for you. Listen, here's what I'm saying. We must be intentional when it comes to giving thanks. My husband didn't know I was going to say this, but I'm going to say it. My husband is one of the most thankful people I know. I could probably take a survey right now. How many of you have ever gotten a thank you card from him? More than one from him. If you are on his team, if you, I mean, you see right now just this crowd, the percentage of people. I can tell you where my husband's going to be every Saturday night that we're home, you know, unless we're on vacation. He's going to be sitting in his chair right now watching football. We're watching something else, and he's going to be writing out his thank you notes. Tallest team members, everybody who helped, you know, if maybe stronger the man or Iron Man, went back a little bit there, Iron Man, with his, he, he heads up our team clean, you know, and, and you know what he's doing? He's thanking them. Doesn't matter how many times he, they've done it, he thanks them for what they've done. We need to be intentional. Now, now, now listen up. Everyone wants to be happy. However, not everyone wants to be grateful. We need to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. That attitude doesn't just happen because, folks, there are so many things in this world to be unhappy about. There are. You know, the world calls it happy hour. Why settle for just a happy hour when with God you could have a happy life? With gratitude. Now, let me wrap this up. Because I want you to see in the life of Jesus how powerful gratitude is and why gratitude and giving thanks results in blessing your soul and happiness happens. Listen to this story. Mark chapter 6. Here's the feeding of the 5,000. Remember the story? 
5,000 plus people are there. Jesus tell his, tells his disciples, let's feed these. His disciples said, are you crazy? We'll have enough to feed 5,000 people. Circumstances are not looking good for what Jesus wants to do. But Mark 6, 41 tells us what Jesus did because finally his disciples bring him five loaves, two fish. Here's what Jesus did. Mark 6, 41 says, Then Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. I bet they were happy. Come on, how many of you know, I bet the disciples who weren't happy a minute ago, who felt the pressure of Jesus asking them to do something that was well beyond their ability, that they didn't see it happening, Jesus, boy, Jesus still, he knew about the power of gratitude. Come on, what do you call it when you pray over your meals? You say, let's say the blessing. I'm going to show you the connection between gratitude and blessing. This word blessing there literally means when Jesus said he blessed them, it means to cause to prosper, to make happy to bestow blessings on, to speak well of, to invoke blessings. When we give thanks for what we have, God blesses it and happiness happens. Come, come on. Some of you are so caught up in what you don't have, what's not going on. I'm telling you folks, I have lived in this unhappy place and I know what I am speaking of. So many times I was so wrapped up in what had not happened or what was happening that I couldn't be grateful for what I had. And therefore God could not bless what I had. Mm. So many of our blessings are dependent upon our gratitude. Wow. Let me take you over to Mark 8. This is the feeding I just read in Mark 6 there about the feeding of the 5,000. Let me wrap this up today by taking you over to Mark 8 and let's talk about the feeding of the 4,000. So only did Jesus feed 5,000, he fed 4,000. And I want to take you over to Mark as we close this up because here we see in this passage, we see both the word blessing and the word thank used interchangeably. It's two different words, but Jesus does both. He blesses and he gives thanks. Mark 8, 4, his disciples replied, how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? They didn't learn. Jesus has already fed 5,000. Come on, are you feeling the disciples? How many of us, we go, oh, jeez, Lord, I've already learned that. Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? On behalf of Jesus this morning, I want to ask you this. What do you have? Stop being so ungrateful for what you don't have. 
Jesus is asking you this morning, could you just acknowledge what you already have? You have eternal life. You have forgiveness. You, You have a good church. Come on. What do you have? What do you have? Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the grass. Then he took, or on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves. Listen, thanked God for them and broke them into pieces. He gave them to his disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found too. So Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them they ate as much as they wanted afterwards the disciples picked up seven large baskets of food left over that word there gave thanks literally means to be grateful to express thanks to express gratitude to say grace some of you need to say grace you'd be much happier if you just start saying grace over things in your life listen when we give thanks to God for what's not enough God blesses it and turns it into more than enough Mm. listen the truth is we don't have to wait until things change before we can be happy the moment now listen the moment we become grateful we become happier giving thanks is how happiness happens. Amen. Did you get something out of that today? I pray that you did.